Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. It's Friday, TGIF. You know what that means. That means for the first hour of our program, we're going to do Ask Frank Anything. Whatever you have questions about, now's the time to call in and ask. Make them good, and we're going to give a prize to whoever comes up with the most creative, most interesting, most out-of-the-box question. 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. couple of quick notes for our Long Island listeners. Tomorrow, actually, no, excuse me, tonight, Friday evening, uh, we are going to be hosting an event. Our WABC Long Island president, Frank McKay, who's also the uh, president of one of our most uh, downloaded podcasts, he is going to be hosting our colleague Curtis Lewa in Suffolk County at a place called The Other Room in Deer Park, Long Island. It is located at uh, 511 Comac Road. It's a free networking event. It's a lot of fun. I was there last month, and I, I'm not going to be there tonight, but I hope to be there in the future. It's going to be from 6 to 9 p.m. A terrific event. Frank McKay and Curtis Lewa. Let me let them tell you about it. This is Frank McKay, host of Breaking It Down. And this is Curtis Lewa. Please join me and the one and only Curtis Lewa this Friday, September 30th, for a free networking event. Hey, it starts at 6 p.m. There's no admission. It's a free, got that? F-R-E-E, free buffet for all WABC listeners. Come on. Join me and Frank McKay this Friday, September 30th at the other room, 511 Comac Road in Deer Park. Doors are open at 6 p.m. I better see you there. Now, those of you that are in Suffolk County, I am actually going to be out there tomorrow. I'm going to be in East Northport. I'm going to be seeing some friends and some family, but one of the things that I'm going to be doing is stopping by the Fall Craft Fair. Oh, yes, that's right. From uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., there's a craft fair at the Trinity Regional School Gymnasium. And my cousin Jason is going to be selling plants. And I am told if you uh, look for my cousin Jason, uh, he doesn't look like me. He's much thinner, much more handsome. If you uh, look for my cousin Jason and you mention this program, he'll give you a deal on a plant. So it's at 1025 Fifth Avenue in East Northport. I think we're going to stop by in the afternoon, maybe around uh, 233 o'clock. So maybe I'll see some of you out there. But uh, on with the questions. 800-848-WABC. May the best question win. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morning, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Well, it gives me no pleasure to say this, but uh, Oliva Dairy in Little Italy, a legendary cheese shop that I have been going to 
literally my entire life. It is an incredible institution, and they have been forced to declare bankruptcy. This is in the midst of uh, some bank rent and a lawsuit, and uh, it is very, very sad. They have been a mainstay in Little Italy for 130 years. The owner, Karen King, put out a statement that said today is one of the saddest days in the 130-year history of this illustrious Little Italy landmark. We will continue to strive to keep Olivadere alive. This is a store that opened on Grand and Mulberry Street in 1892, and it's in jeopardy of closing due to $509,000 in rent that it failed to pay during the pandemic according to a lawsuit filed by its landlord. Now, I hope that they're able to work something out here. I would love to see this shop stay open. The owner, Karen King, says that she tried repeatedly to strike a deal with uh, the landlord, but to no avail. So I uh, would hate to see this shop close. There is a GoFundMe. I'm going to be making in a don- uh, making a donation. I have made a, one already. The GoFundMe's only took taken in about $6,000, so I don't know that they're going to be able to make up for a half a million dollars that they supposed supposedly own that they supposedly owe in rent. I'll just say this is a piece of New York, and if Olivadere is allowed to close and allowed to stop existing, then a piece of New York will stop existing as well. I hate to see this, and uh, it makes me nostalgic for old New York. It makes me remember fondly a lot of great places, not only downtown, but throughout New York that are no longer there anymore. And I hope they're able to work something out to keep this open because this is just a real shame, a real shame. I'm going to be trying to stop in at Olivadere next week. Uh, while we still can, and I would urge you to try and do the same. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. By now, you have heard this story. If you've paid any attention to the news or listened to Dominic Carter or listened to Reed Cosby or any of the shows that have uh, preceded me, An on-duty FDNY EMS lieutenant was fatally stabbed outside of her EMS station in Queens yesterday. The victim is Allison Russo-Elling, a 24-year veteran of the department. Uh, This is someone who was about six months away from retirement. This is, to me, just one of the saddest things that I've ever seen. Uh, Officers took a 34-year-old male wearing a gray shirt and dark pants into custody after the stabbing. This is a woman, uh, Miss Russo Elling, who began serving as an EMT in 1998. She aided in rescue and recovery efforts after the September 11th attacks, and now she's dead. And this this is clearly due to a situation involving someone who is mentally ill and it seems apropos that we talked about this yesterday as part of the Kendra's law discussion and it to me steals my resolve even more that we need broader use of Kendra's law there's a very very small percentage of the mentally ill who are violently mentally ill that being said 
There is no excuse for those people to be out on the street. If they refuse to take their medication, they need to be detained and forced to do so. Not only for their own sake, but for the sake of people like this EMS lieutenant, Allison Russo-Elling, assaulted as she walked back from lunch. And uh, this is just, to me, absolutely heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. If you ever enjoy my commentary on local issues like this one, you can always subscribe to this podcast. I want to make clear for those of you that uh, are listening to this program live that uh, if you listen to the Other Side of Midnight podcast, you will not hear these commentaries. You need to subscribe to the podcast that says Frank Morano Interviews and More. That's Frank Morano Interviews and More. Search it on iTunes, Spotify, any podcast app, and you'll be able to hear my local commentaries on this and the all the news of the day. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. One more hour to go. The weekend is here. Hope you enjoy it. I am looking forward to getting some sleep today and hopefully getting some rest. During the mayoral campaign last year, we heard a great deal about Philip Banks. Philip Banks was a top NYPD official when he suddenly resigned in 2014 before a federal investigation yielded bribery convictions of civilian associates. Turned out there was no convictions, but there were, in the case of Mr. Banks, but there were all kinds of shady dealings in terms of money, money that he had in his account that was very difficult to explain. Again, no convictions, though, so I don't want to try to convict him through the press. But there was sort of a, a pallor of shadiness around Philip Banks. He has always been close to Eric Adams and was, was one of Eric Adams' leading advisors on crime issues during the campaign when Eric Adams got elected. He decided he was going to make him deputy mayor in charge of public safety. His brother, by the way, is the school's chancellor, David Banks, who has a pretty good reputation. So as deputy mayor for public safety, Banks is officially responsible for overseeing agencies that include the fire department, the Department of Correction. By the way, has anybody asked Mayor Adams why he still hasn't appointed a fire commissioner? Is is anybody else concerned about that? All right. The NYPD is not in his portfolio because the police commissioner is supposed to report directly to the mayor. But daily schedules obtained by the publication The City show his activities for the first five months of the Adams administration from January through May include six sit-downs with top NYPD chiefs without police commissioner Keechan Sewell. Separately, Banks has met regularly one-on-one with Sewell on Sunday afternoon at undisclosed locations. Now, those schedules obtained by the city via the Freedom of Information Law also show banks meeting with lobbyists from firms that sell law enforcement technology, including weapons detection and drone surveillance systems. So the schedule suggests that the mayor even tasked him with examining the use of police traffic stops. A whole bunch of people 
from inside and outside of government who met with Deputy Mayor Banks told the city that it's clear the Deputy Mayor wields a lot of power within this administration. The two questions here are, why is this gentleman, the Deputy Mayor, meeting with police chiefs when the NYPD is not part of his portfolio? And number two, why is the police commissioner not even present for these meetings? Are we dealing with a situation where the deputy mayor is really the shadow police commissioner and the police commissioner is just a figurehead? I'd hate to think that was the case, but it does raise a lot of questions. Beam me up. To be continued.